the Fantasy Football Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Football Beat, the podcast that will never let your team die in darkness. I'm Scott Allen and I've got seven of eight matchups this week that won't be decided until Monday night. I'm already a little bit stressed out. Well, I can imagine, Scott. And uh, I am Mike Hume. I am on tilt already because normally I'm the one doing the intro, so this is all very new for me. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a very different world on this side of the microphone. It is. This is a fun one. I did this with uh, Jeff Dooley last week. If if you're just tuning in for the first time on from the post-Sunday games, we go game by game and give you a, a takeaway or two from each from each game and maybe some guys to look for on the waiver wire. And we've got a lot to get to this week, yeah. starting with a guy that we talked about a lot last week in terms of his situation going forward, um, given Tariq Cohen's big first week, yep. and that would be... Bears starting running back Jordan Howard. Some rough news. Yeah, not a lot of good stuff here. Uh, so he was seen leaving the stadium following the Bears game with the Buccaneers on Sunday with his arm in a sling. It looks like he was he was dealing with a shoulder injury coming into the game. It looks like that could be the source of the sling. Statistically, Jordan Howard did absolutely nothing in the game. Less than a yard per carry. Really ugly. Uh, put up zero points, I believe, in most fantasy formats, even with PPR. Uh, Tariq Cohen was fantasy viable, but this was really a bad game for the Bears. Cohen finished with about eight catches, uh, but he only got seven carries, and he didn't really do much either. The Buccaneers' front line really bottled up the Bears. Mike Glennon, pretty terrible against his old team. Yep. Uh, it seems like the Mitchell Trubisky era could begin forthwith, and uh, I don't think that's a bad thing right now. Yeah, and you know whether Howard comes back next week or, or beyond, you got to wonder. I mean, the Bears getting blown out 29-7. to um, today, how often they're going to be playing from behind. To exactly. have that pass catcher out of the backfield, I mean, that just ups, I think, Cohen's value even more. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have Tariq Cohen as a Jordan Howard owner, you have to make a move to get him, I think, because yeah. you are completely uncertain as to how this is going to play out, and it certainly looks like the Bears are, are going to play from behind. One other thing about the Bucks side of things, Mike Evans, still Mike Evans. This was their first game this season after the uh, hurricane postponed their Week 1 game. Uh, we wondered how Sean Jackson would impact the offense, it, would, it would steal, whether he would steal targets. Mike Evans, team-high nine targets, had a touchdown, should have had another. We got another uh, running back situation developing in Baltimore, perhaps, for the Ravens. Indeed, indeed. Beat the Browns 24-10, to and, and Buck, uh, Buck Allen, Javoris Allen. Yeah, you say Javoris, I say Buck. <laughs> I say lead guy, you say? I say it's not Terrence West anymore. Only eight carries for for Terrence West, fourteen for Buck Allen, and I mean even Alex Collins, the running back on nobody's radar, had had seven carries. On the other side of the ball for Cleveland, Isaiah Crowell, are you worried about him? He had another down day, uh, but he's going against the Ravens defense. Seems yeah. to be a pretty stout unit. I think the Ravens defense is legit. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the Steelers, who he went against in the first week, are, are pretty good too. I think if you could find somebody willing to to sell Isaiah Crowell buy low now, I would do that because you look at his you look at his upcoming schedule and there's some big possible points there, some value to be had. Uh, he gets the Colts, Bengals, and Jets next, so I would buy low. Yeah, and one other note: uh, Deshaun Kaiser left the game with a migraine, just something to keep an eye on as the uh, week goes on. Panthers and Bills and the NFL red zone. Scott Hansen really earned his money in this one. 
uh, brutal game. It ends nine to three. Carolina, no offense to be had, hardly any fantasy points to be had unless you own these kickers. But the big news here, also an injury, Greg Olson, Mike, leaving with what turned out to be a fractured foot. He says he's going to miss a lot of games. Yeah, I, I mean, that that's the scary part, right? Where When the player comes out and immediately makes that sort of a prognosis, you know it's it's yep. it's bad. Uh, this was actually a really bad week for a lot of tight ends. A lot of tight end injuries. We're going to get into a bunch more as we go. Uh, Olsen seems to be the most serious, though. I mean, a lot of games, that that's scary. Uh, yep. and, and the, almost as scary as the rest of this game was offensively. Like the NFL really should have issued an apology to anyone watching this game. I mean, <laughs> the, both teams look completely inept. Uh, it does seem like the Christian McCaffrey train is a little slow leaving the station. Yep. Jonathan Stewart was by far the dominant back in terms of carries. Uh, and Cam Newton just looks lost. If you have another option, uh, I definitely consider it for week three. And you got to figure LaShawn McCoy, who had 12 carries for nine yards, is, is going to be better. N- nothing to worry about there, right? Yeah, I mean, aside from the fact that he continues to play for the Bills, uh, and this <laughs> offense could be a complete train wreck. Uh, uh, Tyrod Taylor didn't do much at all either. Uh, we talked about quarterback depth being pretty good. Yeah. Maybe it's actually pretty bad. Uh, there are a lot of quarterbacks that we thought were going to be like, decent fringe contributors, including Tyrod Taylor as a, as a low-end uh, quarterback one. Just not happening so far. Speaking of bad quarterback play, the the Cardinals and Colts, <laughs> it, it ended in overtime. You can say that for it. It was somewhat exciting, but this was another ugly game and a lot of questions about the Cardinals' backfield coming in. How are they going to replace David Johnson? Yeah, We kind of got an answer in that Kerwin Williams and Chris Johnson kind of split carries, but neither of them looked like a viable option going forward. No, not at all. And, and the thing is, like – NFL fans got a lot more terrible football for their money. They got some free <laughs> terrible football. Uh, the thing, the biggest takeaway to me in this game, though, is is Carson Palmer. Like you thought, at least he might be able able to pick up the slack against a Colts secondary that got torched the other day by Jared Goff. Right. Like we're not talking about Dan Marino lighting up somebody. We're talking about Jared Goff lighting up the Colts uh, in Week One. Carson Palmer couldn't do it. He had nothing going for him, really. It, this was a very scary performance if you are invested in some of the Cardinals' wide receivers like Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, one guy who actually did turn in a huge game, though, J.J. Nelson, 120 yards and a touchdown. Second week in a row with a TD. So if you're going to invest in a Cardinals uh, wide receiver, he seems like a pretty good play, and he's owned in just 11.5% of ESPN leagues. I'd grab him now if you can. And Jacoby Brissett getting the start for the Colts. He wasn't much better than Scott Tolzien was in week one. So mm. I think indie receivers remain kind of start at your own risk. The maybe one good, one lone bright spot for for indie fantasy owners, Jack Doyle, eight catches for 76 Jack yards. Doyle is a bright spot for pretty much everyone at all times. Moving on to uh, Chiefs and Eagles. This was another good game. A lot of fantasy points. A lot of happy Kareem Hunt owners for a second straight week. Another two touchdowns for the rookie in a 27-20 Chiefs win. I mean, it seems pretty clear that he's going to be the featured back. Andy Reid loves his featured backs. And uh, Kareem Hunt has done nothing to discourage him from being used in such a way. Another big touchdown around 53 yards this week. Travis Kelsey, probably the other big contributor on this offense, but those two guys are going to be the focal points of this offense. No question what the focal point of the Eagles offense is either. 333 yards passing for Carson Wentz. Is he moving his way into uh, starter consideration? I think for sure. I mean, especially the way some of these quarterbacks have performed through week uh, week two now. 
uh, I added Carson Wentz uh, as a fill-in for Andrew Luck on one of my teams, and I couldn't be happier. I mean, frankly, I'm going to be hard-pressed hard to sit him down at any point soon because you know they want to throw the ball 45 times. Yeah. Not only that, the, the thing that was baffling to me, LeGarrette Blunt, no carries today. None. Like, part of that's situational, I'm sure, but, I mean, Darren Sproles had 10, so they were handing the ball off to somebody. It just wasn't LeGarrette Blunt. Sort of interesting to keep an eye on there going forward if the, any of those fantasy running backs, uh, if any of those running backs are going to have fantasy value going forward. We mentioned Cam Newton's struggles earlier. Well, Mike, he and the Panthers could get right next week because they get mm. the New Orleans Saints. Wouldn't it be wonderful if your entire fantasy team could go up against the Saints every week, if you could somehow finagle that? I mean, they certainly seem to be a cure-all for anything that ails a uh, fantasy offense, I'll tell you that much. I mean, the Patriots lit him up from the word go today. Uh, Tom Brady got the ball in his hands, and then it was in the end zone, like what, like 30 seconds later? Yeah. Like it, it, Gronkowski left injured. Uh, that is the big takeaway for me. Got to watch any injury involving Rob Gronkowski. This one is to his groin, apparently. But before he left, 116 yards on six catches and a touchdown. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Yeah, that'll do. I think he told ESPN I'm good after the game, but maybe wait for uh, for the updated injury report because Gronk, I think, would say he's good after you know any sort of... Any sort of game. Of course yeah. he's good to go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he feels like he could come out of surgery and be like, yeah, just give me the ball. I'm fine. Uh, but obviously he has the back concern uh, that sidelined him last year and previous seasons. So always something to keep an eye on. On the flip side, the Saints running backs, woof. I mean, 17 total carries. It's never really been New Orleans' MO to run the ball, uh, and certainly they were trailing the entire game pretty much. But Ingram and Adrian Peterson, each with eight carries. Second week in a row, Peterson under 10 carries. I'm sure that's going to make him real happy with Sean Payton. Yeah. But he did nothing with him. Peterson got 26 yards. Ingram at least got 52, which is something. But, I mean, I can't see Adrian Peterson being any more than a bye week fill-in at this point. Oh, completely agree. I'd go ahead and, and drop him. No worries there. And I'm more convinced now after two weeks that Alvin Kamara, Kamara, I don't know how to pronounce it still, but I think people will by the end of the year because I think – by come playoff time that he will be the Saints running back to home. Titans blew out the Jags, and there were a lot of people, I think, who drafted Derrick Henry last year thinking that he would be the guy or eventually unseat DeMarco Murray, and then DeMarco Murray kind of has a rejuvenating year. Mm -hmm. This year, DeMarco coming into the season, the obvious first running back from the Titans off the board, but Derrick Henry, 14 carries for 92 yards and a touchdown today. Do you think he could unseat him later this year? I definitely think there's that potential. I, I, I see him as the younger back. I mean, DeMarco Murray, yeah. we know he has an expiration date. He's had a lot of work up uh, over his many seasons in the league uh, and certainly a lot of carries in those seasons. I mean, they drafted Derrick Henry to be the back of the future. The future could be now. Uh, it certainly was today. He had the majority of the carries and did the most with them. If you know, I think they'll still work Murray into the rotation, but he might not get uh, the lion's share of the carries going forward. It could be a 50-50 split. I mean, if I'm a Henry owner, you probably got him pretty late, so you're pretty excited about it. If you're a Murray owner, I'd be a little little nervous right now. Yeah, Alan Hearns, the biggest beneficiary of the first game without Alan Robinson, 82 yards and a touchdown. But take note that Marquise Lee, even though he had fewer yards, he led the team with, with 12 targets. Steelers beat the Vikings 26-9. The big news here, Sam Bradford out for the Vikings after that awesome week one performance. Stephon Diggs owners really felt it. Adam Thielen owners, any 
Vikings offensive players. You were you were struggling because of that. I mean, can you can you imagine where we are as a society right now in fantasy football, where we're lamenting the loss of <laughs> Sam Bradford to injury? Like, one, who didn't see this coming? It's Sam Bradford. Two. Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs were like fantasy, you know, throw-ins as as recently as two seasons ago. Now they were major fantasy performers week one because Sam Bradford played really well. He made them viable. Uh, I mean, until he's back, it's hard to buy into anyone on the Vikings except Dalvin Cook, who had 12 carries for 64 yards today. Uh, on the other side of the ball, the Steelers seem to be back on in the Le'Veon Bell business. 27 carries for him. Uh, getting right back to his normal workload after sitting out the preseason, I think your your cares are a little bit lessened if you're a Levy and Bell owner, uh, at least as, as far as getting a steady workload. He, I mean, in 87 yards against a pretty good defense in in Minnesota. Yep. The Redskins beat the Rams 27-20, to and something to monitor here injury-wise. Rob Kelly had a, a big game until he left with a rib injury. But Chris Thompson, who's, you know, he went drafted, I think, in some leagues. He's a Typically, they're third down back. They've got kind of a messy running back situation, but mm-hmm. he just went off, proving that he's more than just a pass catcher. Yeah. He had a, a long touchdown run, two um, rushing touchdowns, a, f- a few catches, so helping you out in the PPR league. Chris Thompson, I think a must-add in light of uh, Rob Kelly's injury? Yeah, for sure. And on top of that, he's a Jay Gruden favorite anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, the game plan today was clearly to pound the ball that was going to go to Rob Kelly until he broke his ribs. But Chris Thompson was the lightning. Like, if you want to get back to that New York Giants, Thunder and Lightning, Tiki Barber, yeah. Ron Dane. I miss you, Ron oh, Dane. those were the days. Uh, but anyway, uh, if you have that dynamic, uh, I think Thompson is still valuable. If uh, if Kelly is out, I think that becomes even more value added to Chris Thompson. But he's going to catch the ball out of the backfield, so PPR friendly for sure. And he's electric once he gets the ball in his hands. If he gets some open field, he can really make some stuff happen, as he did today. One other key injury note, Jordan Reed, again, stop me if you're surprised, uh, left the game injury, looks like a chest injury to monitor. He came back in the second half uh, with no shoulder pads on, never a good sign. Uh, Keep tabs on that going forward. Uh, And one quick note for the Rams, actually. Todd Gurley, touchdown pass today, and looked fantastic taking it into the end zone, hurtling Brashad Breeland. Todd Gurley on the uptick after being maligned horribly last season. I'm all for, you know, extra points for spectacular-looking touchdowns. You know, style you get, points, you, yeah. Yeah, you get, like, the five-point bonus for 100 yards. Why not, like, style points? Like, if it makes SC top 10 or something. I, I can be convinced of this. Uh, Jay Ajayi showed no signs of rust uh, from the last week's postponed game. Uh, in a 1917 win over the Chargers, 122 yards on 28 carries. But maybe the more interesting from a f- thing from a fantasy standpoint, those Dolphins wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Devontae Parker talked up a lot. A lot. During the preseason. A lot. A lot, lot. And I'm among the people who talking who was talking <laughs> him up. Um, what did you make of the, the first game? What can you take from the box score? I mean, just going by the numbers, uh, he had four catches for 85 yards, but Nine targets. That's pretty encouraging, especially when you consider the fact that Jarvis Landry had 15. I mean, you know Jarvis Landry is a target monster, and he's always been that possession receiver for them. But when you can carve out nine targets on top of 15, uh, that's pretty solid. So I am pretty optimistic about Devontae Parker going forward. And, I mean, Jay Cutler is no pushover. Everyone, like, piles on Jay Cutler. You know, we might not be a top 10 fantasy fantasy quarterback by the end of the season, but he's not mincemeat. And there are a lot of mincemeat quarterbacks in this league right now. 
And for anyone worried that Hunter Henry had maybe fallen off the face of the earth last week. Hi, Des. Uh, he came through today, and you know Antonio Gates had the, the record-breaking catch, but Hunter Henry caught all seven of his targets for 80 yards, so he's, he's alive and well. Yeah, I mean, the lack of targets was certainly disconcerting in week one. Uh, I think this is going to be much more in line with what we see of him. Uh, I don't think there's any long-term cause for concern or particularly over-optimism. I think this is a pretty good indication of who Hunter Henry is going to be going forward, and that's pretty good. The Raiders routed the Jets 45-20, to 20, and Michael Crabtree was uh, the big winner of you get to play the Jets this week. Yeah. 80 <laughs> yards on six catches and three touchdowns, and Amari Cooper owners can't be too happy with the four for 33, but I think that's just going to happen with these two guys yeah, week I, to it, week. It seems like there's going to be an ebb and flow between the two of them, uh, and Crabtree got the Jets ebb uh, or flow. Flow, yeah, he's feeling the flow uh, this week. Top fantasy scorer uh, heading into the Sunday night game. Uh, Marshawn Lynch also gets a touchdown on 12 carries. Cordero Patterson scored a touchdown, so pretty much everyone possible can score a touchdown against the Jets. If you get shoulder pads next week and you are playing the Jets, you have a very good chance of scoring a touchdown as well. Count me in. Seahawks and 49ers, another low-scoring affair, 12-9. to And Seahawks favored by 14 this one. I kind of loaded up on guys. I was excited to start Russell Wilson um, in a lot of leagues, and he kind of let me down, Mike. What is up in Seattle? I mean, their, their line is atrocious. I mean, it has been. They haven't fixed it. It's still bad. The offense and defense are at odds with one another, as we know from the offseason article by ESPN the magazine. But Russell Wilson... He made the touchdown play happen by himself today. Uh, I don't think this is a very good offense. Uh, I don't think there is a lot of talent uh, from a fantasy standpoint here. Chris Carson looks like the de facto starter now. Uh, I think he had 20 carries to lead the team. Thomas Rawls did absolutely nothing. Uh, I don't know if we'll find out more if that was injury-related or performance-related. Certainly worth being on the bench uh, based on that performance. Um, But, I mean, 198 yards for Russell Wilson, 34 yards passing, like that's not going to cut it for a fantasy starting quarterback. And I don't see how much better it gets. Traditionally, he started slow and gotten better as the season's gone on. But I don't know. The Seahawks right now look like a complete fantasy dumpster fire from an offensive perspective. Even if you get Chris Carson, like, yay. But that's probably it right now. If I'm a Doug Baldwin owner, I expect yeah. him in the first or second round. I, yeah, exactly. Lucky you. One more uh, from from Sunday action, and we've listed off a lot of really ugly lines. I feel Lashawn McCoy. Well, when we we let's go back to that sure, sure. Niners Seahawks game because this is the ugliest line I think I've seen in a long time. Brian Hoyer, 99 yards and an interception. Oof. A reminder. It can always be worse. <laughs> of course, if you're starting Brian Hoyer, you got problems too. So anyway, I don't know. I think that still comes out to more points than what Ezekiel Elliott put ooh, up. And, uh, ooh, that is true. It actually is true. Eight yards on nine carries against the Broncos. And look, we know the Broncos have a good defense, but that is traditionally for their passing game defense. They have a great pass rush. They have shut down uh, cornerbacks. They've given up some p- points on the ground in the past, but Elliott. Nothing today. Just nothing. I mean, do you think he could lobby for that to be 
count retroactively one of his uh, six if it winds up being six games could that can that count because he essentially wasn't there today seriously no it, not certainly not from a fantasy perspective and his presence had no outcome on the actual outcome of the game yeah uh, so yeah I, I I would go back and say look Raj uh, buddy you know let's let's talk but uh, if you're the Broncos man Good game plan. Trevor Simeon, four touchdowns. If you're looking for depth quarterbacks, and let's be honest, I think a lot of people are right now, yep. you could do worse. I mean, Simeon's going to be a game manager type. I think four touchdowns is a fluke, but he's got good wide receivers. Uh, he's got Demarius Thomas. He's got Emmanuel Sanders. I think you could do some damage with him. And he may have a decent running back in, in C.J. Anderson. Yeah. 25 carries for 118 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, top running back of the day so far heading into the Sunday night game. I mean, he's on pace to be a top 10 back. It certainly looks like he's the preferred option back there. I think if you got him, what are you probably getting in the fifth, sixth round? Like, yeah. he wasn't a hot commodity. Uh, he could be one of those guys that ends up on a lot of championship rosters because he could produce way above his expected draft value. I don't think we're always going to talk about the Thursday game on this podcast. We did last week because of Kareem Hunt's uh, big day. We don't need to talk about this 13-9 to Texans win, do we? I think the world would prefer that no one talks about Good this deal. game. Agreed. Agreed. I mean, <laughs> the one thing I will say, uh, because there, it needs to be said, is uh, the Bengals' offense is terrifying right now. It's in the same way that the yeah. Seahawks' offense is terrifying. You would like to believe in Joe Mixon, but you can't. You would like to believe in A.J. Green, but Andy Dalton has no time to get in the ball. So they have a, a real problem as to who's going to produce offense on that team. And if they don't have an offensive line, I just don't know how they fix it right now. Before we go, Mike, just some maybe some waiver wire priorities heading into the week. Um, who are you putting at the top of your uh, ranking list? Well, I mean, I think you have to assume that Tariq Cohen is already gone in most leagues by now, and same way with Javoris or Buck Allen. Uh, I'm probably going to be looking at J.J. Nelson. Uh, I think that looks pretty palatable to me. It seems like he has a rapport with Carson Palmer and could be heading for better days ahead. And the other one that I think is going to be a must-add, because I think Rob Kelly, if he has a cracked rib, is probably going to miss at least a couple weeks, and that's Samaj P. Ryan. And if Chris Thompson is out there, certainly Absolutely. get him, too. Absolutely. I think most, more people probably own him than P. Ryan yeah, right now. I think for sure. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out all of our great fantasy football content at WashingtonPost.com. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, download us on Stitcher, and don't be afraid to reach out on Twitter. I'm at Scott S. Allen. I'm at Mike Hume Post. See you next week.